Um, this guy's probably the smartest guy we've ever had on the podcast, Jeff. Might wow. Be. I'm hurt. I'm hurt by that. <laughs> I really am. Besides, let me rephrase that. This is probably the smartest guest we've ever had on this <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Neuro, I mean, when, you know, when you say it's not brain surgery, I mean, it is. But, but it is. It literally <laughs> is. Hey everyone, and welcome to Onsite, the Onsite Eyes podcast. My name is Greg Bala, and I am joined, as always, by my colleague Jeff Schwamm. Good afternoon, everybody. And today we are joined with a very special guest, um, a man who could literally cut our skulls open and look inside um, without killing us. Neurosurgeon and co-founder of the Mina Health app, Dr. Kenneth Hill. Dr. Hill, welcome to Onsite. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you have a pretty interesting day job, as I alluded to briefly there in the intro. Um, I would wonder, before we jump into your work with the Mina Health app, if you could just give us a little bit about your background and where you're coming from and, and the kind of work that you do. Yes. Um, so funny enough, uh, uh, I have the American dream. Um, I came from Southeast Ohio. Um, I'm biracial and my grandmother lived in a coal mining community there. Um, I remember times in my life where I was homeless um, and then went off to college, medical school, um, and then uh, chose to go into neurosurgery where I did a fellowship um, after residency in skull base and neuro-oncology at Emory University. Um, and then following that, I practiced at Penn State. Um, and now I am practicing in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville. Excellent. How is the weather down in Jacksonville? 80 degrees this week. It's a lot warmer than here. <laughs> um, that's quite the journey, Dr. Hill. Um, so how, how long ago, how long have you been practicing neurosurgery now? Um, as I like to tell my patients, I know I look young. I know you can't see it on the podcast. Uh, but I've been, <laughs> I graduated medical school in 2003, um, finished my um, residency in 2009. So I've been um, almost 20 years a doctor. Yeah, wow. Well, congratulations. Um, and now I know that the work that you're doing with the, the Mina Health app is kind of an offshoot, um, kind of, I guess, somewhat related, but somewhat unrelated. So how did you kind of transition from your work um, as a doctor into kind of well, into creating the Mina Health app. And maybe first you could just tell us what the Mina Health app is. Well, yeah, so um, to go into Mina Health, I, I like first like to say, what's the first thing that happens whenever you go to see any provider? If that is you're going to see an optometrist at onsite, or if you go to see a primary care doctor, podiatrist, um, um, anybody that, that, that performs um, any type of healthcare related uh, intervention is that they, they hand you a pack of papers or they require you to go online to fill out your medical history. Um, and my wife and I, we are both the co-founders of Mina Health and she's a pediatrician. She's the smart one. Um, <laughs> but my wife and I many years ago uh, decided uh, or made the observation that we keep doing this over and over and over again. And it's the same standard questions. Right. Um, and so initially we talked about how we could improve the process. Um, 
we all know it's past medical history, allergies, medications, all that stuff. But how can we improve the process? And initially, it was just trying to empower the patients to um, maintain their own medical history. I, I myself, uh, when I put my white coat on uh, side of the business, understand um, that whenever I do hand that form out, uh, it is taxing for individuals to complete accurately and completely. Mm. Uh, and when it is not accurate and complete, then that leaves a chance for errors, um, inefficiencies, and a bunch of other redundancies in medicine. Um, and, but then if I take my white coat off and become a patient, I understand how I am just frustrated with doing it right. time and time again. So and we, again, we try to look to see if there was something out there doing it. And, there, and it fits into the category of a personal health record. And there are several of those out there on the market. Um, but uh, we didn't do anything initially until we decided to uh, make a a, what is now patented breakthrough um, in that we take that information and we put it into a QR code. Um, so now um, whenever a patient goes to the provider, um, instead of filling out those paper forms, they can actually just show their smartphone, their QR code. Um, and that uh, information is actually encoded in the QR code. Um, and initially we thought, okay, well, you know, probably somebody else's has thought about this as well. Um, myself and my wife, we did a patent search to try to understand uh, who else was doing that. And we mm. found out nobody was doing it. Um, so, Which is we, unbelievable to me. I mean, it's for, because of how, how simple and how, I don't know, crucial, basic the idea is, it just seems like many people would have had this idea, considering how routine that, that procedure is, is of offering up that information every time we go to the doctor's office. Absolutely. I call it the slap yourself in the head idea. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um, and so, um, so yeah, so we, we wrote up a provisional patent and we got an attorney and we submitted it. And uh, <laughs> interesting enough, the, one of our first two patents actually got uh, allowed uh, without any revisions. So I've heard wow. that that's pretty rare. Um, and then from there, we just kind of grew. Um, you know, it's very important that I state that we really created this to help um, and we want to help everybody. Um, mm. And that's why the smartphone application is free and it will always be free as long as um, I and my wife have any control over the direction of the company. Um, and that is important to make sure that even the marginalized can have access to um, this technology. Um, and Whenever after you download the app, the, that information is not stored in a cloud base. You don't need Wi-Fi. You don't need connectivity. Right. You don't need cellular minutes. You don't need any of that stuff. That information is actually encoded in that QR code. Um, and we want to we want to work with everybody. It's completely untethered, um, and and it it is a service um, that really nobody out there is doing. So right now. Now I myself downloaded this this the application today and I was playing around with it and first of all I can just say right off the back uh, what struck me is how how simple it is uh, to use um, it's literally just a, a series of fields that you fill out it took me ten maybe maybe twelve minutes to complete um, I input all my medical history even my insurance you can take a photo of your insurance card so everything you have right there and at the end it's there's a QR code right there that can easily be scanned. Um, you know, you mentioned the, these taking off your doctor coat and putting on your your patient uh, hat, if you will, and you know, 
as a patient, the, as a doctor, how important it is to have all that detailed information as accurately as possible. And as a patient, how frustrating it sometimes can be to fill out all those forms, especially if you don't know the answer to some of these things. How does the Mina app help to kind of improve that process to make that accuracy of communication that much more efficient? Yeah, that's an absolute great question that um, you posed here. And before I actually answer it, I'll just say that um, uh, when I see uh, individuals coming to my office every day um, and I hand them these forms, they actually many times do not understand what I'm trying to get from the questions. You know, I want them to read my mind. Um, and, and that is very difficult um, to do just uh, at any level. Um, and then also, whenever they are filling out this information, um, some of the information they may not readily have at their fingertips. And, and by filling out the app while you're at home, it has more complete and accurate information so you can have better quality care. Now, within the app, yes, we try to make it as um, user-friendly as possible. Um, and so we walk you through each of the fields that are required. Um, as a provider, um, and for those providers that are listening, we even go through what we call a review of systems, which is something that um, can be quite lengthy and, uh, and require uh, useless paperwork in office. Um, and as well as we also included a health maintenance um, uh, category. So you can put in things like your hemoglobin A1C um, results. Um, and, but in the other standard fields, it's all drop-down menu as well. So we have predictive text, um, drop-down menu, and it's not overabundant. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't want to overwhelm any individual that's filling it out. Um, we have a board of advisors, and we sat down and said, you know, does this medication, are we going to include this medication in the list or not? Are we going to include this diagnosis in the list or not? It's not uh, exhaustive of uh, potential diagnosis and medications, but we also have free text. So if you are an individual sure. that does have one of those things that are not readily available. So it actually increases the accuracy. Um, I like to use the diagnosis Guillain-Barre because nobody really knows how to say or spell it. Uh, but if you start to spell it, predictive text It'll will find help it. you find it. It found the it found the tubes I had in my ears when I was five years old, so I didn't know what those were there called. And I just put and it popped right up. I wrote tubes and it popped right up. Meringotomy tubes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Doctor Hill. Uh, Doctor Hill. Who, in in term on the provider side, who who's a target audience? Are you looking at um, specialty groups? Are you looking at individual practitioners, healthcare? Uh, outpatient community centers. I mean, what's a, what's a typical provider or provider group look like that uh, uses this? Yeah, that that is also a great question. Um, and the problem with Mina is that everybody needs Mina. So whenever you talk about um, where um, the niche is for our use from a provider standpoint, um, it is the specialty providers. Um, for whenever they see a new patient, uh, they may not have their entire medical record or have uh, health history, um, but it also includes primary care uh, providers because um, let's say that uh, an individual goes to the emergency department between visits to see their primary care physician, they're still gonna ask these same questions. Please complete this uh, paperwork. Um, it includes providers that have a, a, a large network of um, specialty and primary care physicians. I've had patients come to me say, um, you know, I see my same doctor and I'm in the same um, um, health group for everything. And to that I say, um, 
I was at a satellite campus of my main uh, mothership hospital and my medical record didn't communicate with my uh, main mothership. So, um, and I'll tell you, it, it goes even further than that. We actually created a pet profile. I oh, saw yeah. this. <laughs> I was going to ask you about this. So now if, if I have, you know, a goldfish with a syndrome, <laughs> or maybe hopefully not an allergy to water but, okay, yes. <laughs> but I can record it right there in the app I thought that was such a cool idea you know I bet I'm sorry I bet that if you market this to pet lovers it would really take off because people care more about the health of their pets than they do about their own health sometimes but that might be a whole nother podcast there, there's actually talks and discussions about uh, breaking off into what we call menopause, um, which will be the pet profile. Um, but, as it is, but as it is right now, um, it is very important um, and, and that we make sure that the app is free and is available to everybody. Um, there is actually, as, as the development of the app has come to fruition, um, <clears throat> We actually took the entirety of uh, the text in the app and translated it into Spanish. Right. Um, whenever you co or whenever you make a selection of of our predictive text text and drop down menu, and they encode that into the QR code, it is condensed down on the reader software before it is um, converted back into the full text. You can actually pick which language that you want that uh, information. So it actually translates Spanish to English, English to Spanish. And we right. want to do five language or 50 languages in five years. Um, and there's, you know, visions of using this as a first generation EMR and, and um, low middle income countries. Uh, we are already patented in um, several overseas um, locations as well. So uh, this will be this will become the way we communicate our health. If you don't speak Mandarin and you're in China in China, and you go to an emergency department and you're allergic to penicillin, if they have the reader software, they can understand um, uh, your allergies to help you uh, get the best quality care. That's that's so smart. I didn't even think of that. Even just you know, in addition to having the the additional lang the the application in another language, a secondary language, but the the implications if if one is traveling abroad, if one is in a place where they are, if they're in need of medical attention, they don't speak the native language. I mean, just having a QR code, which is pretty universal nowadays, um, to read just has it all right there. So, how did you end up um, in in Florida? From I mean, you know. You were based. You grew up in Ohio, and and you ended up in Florida, and you went to school down in Atlanta, um, which is a, a truly remarkable story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, it's very motivational uh, and very inspiring. But um, yeah, how did you end up? How did you and your family end up down in Florida? Um, it, 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 I came to practice with a friend of mine um, a couple years. Oh gosh, man, it's getting longer and longer ago now. Um, after you complete your neurosurgery residency, we have to sit for our boards. Um, and I was at a board review course at the back, in the back of the room, um, trying to take in as much information. And um, a gentleman, fellow surgeon was sitting next to me and we just started talking about the presentations and things like that. And we became friends. And then three years later, he's like, 
why don't you come down and practice with me in Florida? And my wife, who's from Michigan, again, the smarter one of us two, said she was tired of the cold. Um, we were in Pennsylvania that time and we wanted to get closer uh, to the beach and warmer weather. So now I'm in Florida. And, and laughing at us up in snowy New York and New England who are, I think it's 26 degrees here today. I don't know about uh, you, Jeff. It, but... it, it made it up to 28. This morning was 14 Ooh. with 50 mile an hour wind gusts that took down, took down a tree about 10 or 12 miles from here that was like 50 or 60 feet tall. So. Wow, 28 balmy. Yeah. It's oh, I, put on, I put on my sweater this morning because we got down to 50 or Oof. 60. Yeah, 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 you want to take care of it. I think last week when it hit 50, Jeff and I ran outside screaming shirtless. <laughs> we did. We did, yeah. I mean, the neighbors were probably not super happy about it, but we did it because it was free and it had to happen. Free and, and but liberating. with masks. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please, please, please be safe. Oh, yes. Uh, and when it's your time to get the vaccine, please get the vaccine. Yeah. Soon, hopefully. One of the nice things about, oh, I'm sorry, Greg, to cut you off, but one of the, one of the, th you know, our, our staff is starting to get vaccinated. Um, you know, our team is starting to get vaccinated. We take, we take all those precautions really, really seriously. And um, even though our, our work is mobile, um, you know, every site is a different challenge. I mean, when you go, when you go into work, um, Dr. Hill, presumably, you know, the exam rooms, you know, the, you know, you, you know, the staff, of course, but you know how it looks and feels and how you walk down the hallway. But us, it's different. It's a little different every time. And, and we have about, in some cases, only 20 minutes to really discern the environment that we're jumping into beyond the COVID-19 thing of wearing masks and, and keeping safe. So, um, but it, it is good to have, a, a, like you said, it is good to have a Blue Man Group member. He, he's, a, he's a great, he knows how to deal with the different challenges and things thrown at him, literally. There's not things thrown at us at our events, typically. Uh, we keep the marshmallows to the side for, for in-between patients. Thanks, yes. Now, pre-COVID, we would catch them in our mouths, but now we're just going to have to wait. <laughs> we have to wait till everyone's vaccinated. They just sail right over the head. They sail just right keep over. going. Um, well, Dr. Hill, thank you again so much for your time here. I'm not sure if we have, Jeff, any last minute things, any, any, any last minute questions you'd like to ask a, a neurosurgeon before we let him get back to work? No, no, because uh, with telehealth going on, if we start asking in-depth things, you know, there's going to be some billing going on. So I think I might as well keep it <laughs> quiet over here. No, thank you, Dr. Hill. Um, again, your, your story is inspiring. Uh, the app is even more inspiring. As a person who grew up in private practice optometry with my family, um, the headaches of trying to have people fill out the form and understand the importance of it when really it's a design issue and you're solving the design issue. Make something easy, convenient, user-friendly at the tips, at the tips of their, at their fingertips all the time that they can update um, that transcends, you know, local healthcare and, and makes healthcare more accessible to providers and people. I think it's fantastic and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Just trying to help doing our part please go download the app it's free yes and if you'd like to learn more information about the mina health app you can visit minaapp.com that's m-i-n-a app.com um, and as always if you'd like to learn more information about on-site eyes you can visit onsiteeyes.com yes dr hill one last thought the last thing i would like to say is how did we come up with the name All right so my oldest daughter's name is kamaya my second child, my daughter, name is Elodie, but she could never say Kamaya, and she called her Mina. So there's the name.
beautiful. Oh, that's that's an awesome. I also saw when there was a was it was there an acronym on your website? Medical yeah, information. Medical information by novel acquisition. That came after we named it. I like the first story better. We're going with that one. <laughs> uh, well, Dr. Hill, thank you again for your time today. Thank you for your work with the Mina app and your work taking care of us each day. Um, please stay safe out there uh, on the front lines and uh, we'll look forward to hopefully working with you and having you on again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Anytime. I would love to be back. Well, thank you. Um, thanks everyone for listening and from all of us here at OnSite, take care. I, I want to say one thing though, you made me very popular with my kids. Um, I heard that um, in a previous life, you may have been a member of a, a um, group of three individuals. <laughs> and over the weekend, we play this game. I can't remember what the game's called, but it's like, oh no, it was Trivial Pursuit. And we play adult and kids Trivial Pursuit. And for the kids question was, how many members were there in the Blue Man group? And I was like, I got an interesting fact. <laughs> um, so you made me popular with my kids. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, it's a fun fact that I may or may not have at one point been involved in a certain bald and blue performing trio um, <laughs> for, for a number of years. Spent the majority of my 20s under a latex cap covered in grease paint, but who, who knew that I'd go from there, not talking professionally for a living and catching candy in my mouth to That's interviewing funny. neurosurgeons on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back around. It all comes back around, right?